Father, thank you that we have this time set apart to be with you. And Lord, although it may be different where, where we're meeting you right now, we know you're with us. Strengthen us, Lord. Father, speak boldly into our hearts and minds that we could be transformed, Father, that we could be changed because we're meeting you in this moment. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're celebrating Holy Thursday, or Monday Thursday, in an Anglican tradition which speaks of the mandates that Jesus gives at this time in John's Gospel. And John's Gospel, chapter 13 through 17, is part of this upper room discourse where Jesus leaves his disciples the most intimate thoughts just before his crucifixion. Jesus is using this time to get into their hearts what it really means to be a disciple of his, what it really means to follow him. And the disciples begin eating this meal together with Jesus, and uh, there's one thing that they seem to forget to do at this time, which was to wash their feet. And it was customary in those days uh, to come in the house, and at that time when you walked in, a basin was waiting with uh, a towel, and you would have your feet washed. And that job would be left to the servant of the home, the one who would maybe prepare meals, but also welcome those who would come to the door. And and that servant would be the one who would wash those who enter the house's feet. And the disciples are eating, including Judas, who's with them. And they've already begun their meal. Scripture tells us that even in the midst of this process, that it out lines for us that Judas, that that the enemy has already entered into him. Judas knowing he's going to betray him. And here they're having this meal. And for us, we might not relate so much to the washing of the feet because it's not our tradition. It's not something that we have done. But I certainly think in light of COVID-19, we can identify with washing our hands. Maybe something that we didn't take as seriously before. Maybe as parents we have, we tried with our children and we tell them before meals and at certain times and we would remind them in ordinary times, not in extraordinary times like this. And we would tell them that you have to go, did you wash them? Then we check them and are they still wet? Are they cleaner than they were before he came to the table or she came to the table? And um, usually my children would show up at that point, they'd get to the table and their hands would be cleaner, but I'd recognize the permanent marker and know that that's not coming off so they could proceed. But here we're very conscious of that, and they would have been very conscious of washing their feet because the feet would have been the most dirty part of their body. And Jesus gets up while this is taking place, and they're still eating, and takes off his outer garment, and he retrieves the basin, and he takes his garment, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. He begins to take on that very role of the servant. And it picks up in John chapter 13, verse 8 through 11. It says this, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he was bathed need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not only of you. For he knew that the, what, who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. See, he who bathes needs only to wash his feet. Jesus says to Peter, you are clean. In other words, Peter, you understand who I am. Salvation's come 
to that understanding for Peter that he's transformed, he's, he's recognized who Christ is. But for many, their feet are still dirty. And for us, that we could be reminded that um, although we might have come to the saving knowledge of who Christ is and have that relationship with who he is and understanding what the cross means and that redemption and the sins that he took upon himself, and we, we might have come to that place, but we're still in the world. And we still carry our own humanity and we still have trials and we still fail and we still fall short. And there's that reminder that we need to continually wash our feet, continually be cleansed by him when we've strayed. Jesus washing the disciples' feet not only modeled a servant, but it also modeled forgiveness of the sins. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that Jesus is modeling this for his disciples, he would also begin to charge them how to live this out. He would begin to put in their hearts that there's a greater picture here, and it picks up in John 13, verse 12, and and here's the charge that he leads. Here's the mandate that he begins to give. That So when he had washed their feet, taken his garment and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. There's the call. Verse 15, he says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You see, Christians who are disciples of Christ have a call on their life to be like Christ. And Christ gave us this model. Christ showed his disciples, and we continue to read, and it's being shown to us that we would greater understand that. When Jesus said in verse 17, you know these things, and blessed are you if you do them. That knowing this and getting this in your heart and walking this out and living this out, even in times of great uncertainty, we don't forget from which we come who Christ is in our life, and that call for each of us to act like Christ, to be like Christ, and what does that look like? We're currently faced with our first pandemic in our lifetime, and it's radically altered our lives. But the truth is, it's not the world's first pandemic, and it might not be the world's last. Truth is, we live in a fallen world, And sin has consequences. And that is why we need a savior. That's why Jesus did what he did. And that's why he left his disciples the great opportunity to be the church. To wash one another's feet. And what that would look like if they continued to carry that out. That mission to be like Christ. In the year 165, a plague swept through the mighty Roman Empire, wiping out one in three of the population. It happened again in 251 when 5,000 people per day were dying in the city of Rome alone. See, those who were infected 
were abandoned by their families and left to die in the streets. The government was helpless and the emperor himself became infected. The pagan priests fled their temples where people had flocked for comfort and an explanation. People were far too weak to help themselves and if the plague didn't kill you, hunger, thirst, and loneliness would. It was catastrophic. And at this time, something else also was happening. This little-known group of people who were called Christians started to get noticed. Christians did not come armed with intellectual answers to the problems of evil. They did not enjoy a supernatural ability to avoid pain and suffering. What they did was give water to those who were thirsty and food to those who hungered. The reality was, if you knew a Christian, you were statistically more likely to survive. And if you survived, it was the church that offered you the most loving, stable, and social environment. It wasn't clever apologetics or a strategic political organization or even the witness of martyrdom so much that converted an empire. It was a simple conviction of normal women and men to wash one another's feet. And as a result, the church grew exponentially. They rise to the call and they recognize the importance of that. That we don't forget that. That we don't let fear control our decisions. We let faith abound in our lives. And remember the call to be like Christ and what that looks like. And Jesus models it this night. He reminds us this night that he would never leave us and never forsake us. The institution of the Eucharist is given to us that he can always be with us. The call of disciples to love one another, to serve one another. See, we're called to that very thing, to love one another, serve one another. We're called to wash one another's feet, not just our family's feet, not just our fellow Christians' feet, but our neighbor's feet. Those in the world, those around us, their feet. Lest we forget that Jesus washed Judas's feet, the one who would betray him. The church grew exponentially because those who were Christians act like Christians. They saw their need. Those who were thirsty, they brought drink. Those who were hungry, they brought food. That's the call that we have as the church. That's the mandate that we go and continue in the ministry of Christ. We're reminded that what they did for the least of their neighbors, they did for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've given us. Lord, you are the one who gives life. You give it abundantly and eternally. And we thank you that you loved us so much that you were willing to go to the cross. Lord, help us to be more like you to follow in the ways that you've called us to walk, to be the disciples you've called us to be, to love those in the world around us, to wash their feet. Lord, I pray that we could be that symbol in a time of need, that we could bring hope to those maybe who are hopeless. Shape us, mold us, and form us to be more like you, I pray.
In Jesus' name, amen. Help us have a passion and desire to wash the feet of those, Lord, that we know around us that don't know you or don't have that relationship with you. And Lord, teach us what it means to be more Christ-like, to truly be your disciple. Help us, Lord, to continue to be your church and the call that we have upon us. The first step, which is most important, is having that relationship with who he is and knowing what he's done for us. And to do that, we've got to ask him into our lives to to receive that forgiveness, to, to be washed and understand that is that why he went to that cross is why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what we have to do is repent. We have to turn from that one way that we've been living our lives and come into a new way of life, a new life that he gives us. And if you don't know Jesus that way, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe this is your first time signing on or listening. And and I want to tell you right now, the Lord loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And if you want to have that relationship with him, if you want to know what the abundant life is like, the promise of that eternal life that he gives us by grace through faith, this gift he gives us, then I want you to pray with me. So I want you to just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life And make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. 